Good evening. It's eight o'clock Thursday night in Yerushalayim. The parish is Pinchas. But I've been out of touch for a couple of weeks and I had a problem with the parsha of Balak that I would like to share with you now, even though it may seem to be a week behind. But you know, in Slitzlaritz, they've been a week behind for a long time since Pesach, and I think they're still a week behind. So I'd like to tell you the problem that I have with uh, the problem that I have with uh, the parish of Balak. It always seemed to me uh, that prophecy, however you define it or imagine it to be, was something that was close to Hashem, close to God. When you say close to God, it seemed to me to exclude people who were idolaters, obviously. And yet in the parasha of Balak, we meet up with Bilam. Bilam is a prophet. And this idea that Bilam is a prophet is uh, supported by Chazal. Supported by Chazal. And, and the claim seems to be taken as being perfectly reasonable. I mean, how is it that I think something that the Chazal thought was perfectly reasonable, how come I think it's unreasonable and doesn't fit in with anything I understand? Another thing I don't understand about the parish of Malak is if, if God wanted to tell something to B'nai Israel, or say something about B'nai Israel, I wouldn't you, wouldn't, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu been a better vehicle? I mean, why is Bil'am the vehicle? The, 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 I mean, I understand you could say something about it, but somehow in the, in, in the way things are arranged, it seems to me to be problematic. So last Thursday, oh, I didn't give the shir on Wednesday, but Thursday I was suffering from the aftermath of an operation and uh, in walks somebody who is, uh, it's my opinion, a great uh, Torah scholar. And I present him with the question. He says, oh, Rav Chaim answered that question. Rav Chaim, the reference is to Rav Chaim Soloveitchik, who was Rabbi Soloveitchik in Boston's grandfather, who was attributed with um, kind of a new way of looking at things, a new way of learning, some revolutionary idea. In fact, he was quite extraordinary in in different ways. So he says, he says, Rav Chaim already answered that question. I said, where's the answer to the question? So he didn't say that exactly, but he, his implication was that it's at the text that I, we are looking at. Hilchot Yisodei Torah, Berg Zayin Halacha Aleph. And the Rambam says what he says, and what he says is supposed to answer our question 
about prophecy and Bilam. How do they go together? Prophecy and non-Jewish prophecy. How does that go together? How does it go together? So, the Rambam writes the following. Yisodei Hadat, and when he says Yisodei Hadat, he's talking about fundamental principles of one sort or another. Yisodei Hadat laid down that every person, I guess the dat is Judaism. Every Jew is obliged to know that God might create a a person who is a prophet. That's the verb menabe. God makes somebody into a prophet. Somebody makes somebody. God can do that. Well, of course, God can, can do anything. But this idea that the Rambam inserts here that miyisodei hadat, this is a fundamental, a fundamental religious idea. Why is it a fundamental idea? What is so foundational about it? I understand that if, if we have to believe that there's one God, only one God, no other God, that sounds fun, foundational to me. What is this idea that Yisodei Hadat Leidasha Er Menabeit Bnei Adam, and then uh, 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 an exclusion, that this kind of prophecy that God is able to is able to place upon anybody, right? That Bnei Adam. Ela al chacham gadol The only they're prerequisites, like you have to be able to pass certain exams. So the first one is chacham gadol You have to be very wise. How wise is very wise? Okay, I don't know, but I'm trying to get the idea here. Gibor uh, b'midota. He has to be a hero in the way he acts. I guess that means that even if there are difficult times, he maintains a high standard. And his inclinations, you know, to do the wrong thing uh, are never, never dominate him. Nothing, nothing overwhelms him. Nothing drives him to his Yetzahara. He kind of mitgaber bedato al yitzro tamid. He's able to keep things under control. He doesn't give in to his inclinations. And he, you know, he has kind of wisdom. Wide understanding. Very, very, very good. 
good. So you can talk about a person who might exist, but unlikely that any person would have all of these qualities. And yet, there were prophets in the world. And apparently, according to the Rambam, the prophets that we know about had all of these qualities. But we also know, we also know that Bilam did not seem to have these qualities. Bilam did not seem to be a the kind of person we would like to emulate or follow. And so he says, he says, Adam, Adam shum memula bekolamidota elu, a person who has all of these uh, characteristics, shalem bigufo, but he is also healthy. Shalem is unblemished. When he gets into the really secret stuff, the secret stuff that's in the Torah, I don't know exactly what the Ramam is referring to, but that's what the Ramam says. When he goes into the Pardes, kind of in Pardes, you deal with great ideas that are difficult, far. And he'll have the opportunity to understand these things to and to get to them. And he, he sanctifies himself, okay. We don't know how you do that, but you could do that. And he goes on, even greater things. And he kind of separates himself from the people, meaning the people, you know, they're not always into this Kedusha. They're not always perfect. And so he separates himself from them, from the imperfect, in order to carry out this special design that he is, that he is following. And he goes on and he encourages himself. And he teaches his soul he even teaches his soul. Shiloti Elomakshovaklao, that he should never think at all. Echadmit Varimbitailim, that he doesn't think about Tvarimbitailim. I don't know what that is exactly, but you know, we encourage strongly to think about Tvarimbitailim, you know. I remember that when I was a kid, I had a certain expertise in the baseball teams that I appreciated. I suppose mm-hmm. that would come into the context of Dvarim Hazman <laughs> should not get involved in the foolishness of the time. 
and all of its trickiness, you know, like you, you could become an expert in something that doesn't need much expertise. Like uh, like me, I want to be an expert in those baseball teams. I wanted to know how each one of them was doing. Each player, that is to say. But his mind is always, always somewhere in heaven. Shura Tagataki say, this is what Chazal say. It's tied under the seat. What Kisei? Kisei Akavod. What Kisei Akavod? God's Kisei Akavod. We know that some of these ideas that the Ramam is quoting, as though they all originate with the Ramam, are clearly ideas that were expanded upon and used by Kabbalists. Even though, obviously, I mean, the Rambam was not a Kabbalist, but the Rambam seems to open the door to the way the Kabbalists think about things. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the connection is, but there are people who have made the claim that the Rambam, in spite of the fact that his overt position on Kabbalah was negative, Nevertheless, did his investigations in the manner of the manner of uh, the Kabbalists. Lavin Bautan Hatsurotakdoshot Vatorot. This is you you wanna understand, you wanna understand the Surotakdoshot, all these holy holy uh, pure things of mistakel bechokmato shalakadosh baruchu kula, and he's able to somehow mistakel to look carefully into the wisdom of a kadosh baruchu of the of God of God's wisdom kula. Right, all of it, mitzura rishona atavura aretz. Yodea mehengadlo. So his interest, the interest that he has, the specific interest he has, is knowing something about God. Because knowing something about God brings you closer to God. For example, it's something that we lack today because everybody thinks they know everything they should have to know about God. It's not, it's not part of the curriculum to know something about God. But the Ramam thought that these superior people that he's talking about, he doesn't say who they are, these superior people, because they could exist. Or alternatively, what the Ramam said was, they might exist. But what they're doing, if they prepare themselves properly, prepare themselves in a way that there are no physical impediments, like they're not spending time recovering from serious illness, 
because that would be counterindicated. And they they have capacity to learn. They are on that level. We're learning learning Torah. I mean, he doesn't say the word Torah, but that's what he's talking about. So he says they they could be this person. They could be this person, this person who knows everything that there is to know. I mean, I love the Ramam was talking about himself because elsewhere he said he read all the books. He knew all the books. And for the Rambam, unlike our students today, everything was Torah. Everything was something you should learn because it was part of God's world. Okay, it's a little hard to do that, but in theory, in theory for the Rambam, knowing about the world that God created was the foundation of the notion of Abbas Hashem, that God loves us. Well, how do I know that God loves us? Because I see how carefully the world was created in order to be supportive of us. Supportive of us. So if you did have this person, again, the first line, that's the foundation, a foundation stone of our religion, I assume, our religion. Everybody is required to encourage to know that God produces God produces prophets. He doesn't explain how he knows this. And it's true that the Gemara says things that he is quoting. But if we ignore that for a moment and just say, like, why didn't he say say something? Why didn't he say something? Why didn't he say that everybody could be could be a prophet, and then the Ramam, because the Ramam continues where we're up to. Yad Ruach HaKodesh Roshore Allah. Now this statement, Yad Ruach HaKodesh Allah, sounds like, sounds like it means this is going to happen. This is going to happen, he's going to become a prophet if he did all the preliminary work that prophets are supposed to do, and we know that there was an institution in time of Shmuel and Abi, B'nai Anabiyim, there were people who were studying to be prophets. If you're studying for being a prophet, so I guess you thought that becoming a prophet was an option. It could actually happen. And here the Rama, so but the first line in the in the halacha says, You have to know that God makes prophets. 
but from the statement that we just underlined, the last phrase that we read, Miyad Ruch HaKodesh Miyad. It has to happen. If you do all these preparations that the Rambam mentioned, Miyad Ruch HaKodesh Immediately, he becomes the possessor of God's spirit. Ruch HaKodesh. Shara'ala. Kind of dwells upon him. And at the time that this spirit rests upon him, he becomes kind of loses his identity as a regular person. His soul becomes uh, kind of connected. Connected to Tareb Nafshovim Alatam Lachim. He becomes an angel. Anikrem Ishim, one of the meanings of the word Ishim is angels. And he becomes another person. That's what Ruach HaKodesh means. Ruach HaKodesh doesn't mean that he has a message. Ruach HaKodesh is a status that everybody could aspire to. Everybody could become a prophet. Everybody could become a prophet. Everybody can aspire to that. And therefore, yeah, he becomes a different person. And again, his mind is able to understand. He's not the same person who was before Ruach HaKodesh dwelled upon him. He suddenly understands that he is superior to all the other wise people. As it says about Shaul, the Pasuk says. Right. You will become a prophet as they are prophets. So what is this Rambam? What is the Rambam talking about? And who is the Rambam talking about? So that was the insight which was quoted to me as an insight of Rav Chaim Salavich. I didn't know it. I was very appreciative of learning it. And this was the insight. And you have to decide. You have to decide, but the insight was that, like, when did this happen? When did this world that's described in the Rambam, when did it, when was it created? 
a world in which we Adam that God makes people into prophets. When was that? When did that happen? So we kind of are generally willing to say that Well, you know, I, I mean, most of the prophets that we know about, certainly the major prophets were the great teachers of Am Yisrael, were part of Am Yisrael. Part of Am Yisrael, Am Yisrael was, I mean, hard to describe, but we know that the world was created the world was created with Adam and Chava first man and first woman they were the creation they were creation of the world so if if you say that God makes prophets at B'nai Ha'adam, it says, it doesn't say B'nai Yisrael. That's the Rambam. Look again at the Rambam. The Rambam says, we said they had that Adam. B'nai Adam, sons of Adam. Sons of Adam preceded what we call Am Yisrael today. But if I would translate the words of the Rambam into kind of words that we like to hear, modern kind of words, you could say that there's a genetic disposition amongst men, women. I don't think that makes a difference. We know that from Devorah, Anaviyah. There's a genetic disposition to prophecy. You know, if you do A and B and C and D, I mean, it's true, it's very hard, it's very difficult, not obvious, you're not going to get there easily. You could become, you could become a prophet. And that genetic disposition exists for everybody, everybody, in the world. Not just Am Yisrael, but everybody in the world. And so if we find somebody who is a prophet, who is not Jewish, who is not part of Am Yisrael, that in itself should not bother us. What seemed to be the problem with Bilam is that he doesn't, there's no evidence that he has the other prerequisites that the Rambam quotes. He's not a superior character. He doesn't see that pleasing God is important. He says things, he wants to say things that are abhorrent to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So how did he get into this story that the Rambam is telling? 
Now the answer, the answer I think to that question is the notion of of Navi Sheker, a lying, a lying prophet. Now what's a lying prophet? The Rambam said that I mean, the Gemara said the Gemara said Hadrin says the Gemara said Hadrin says a lying prophet is a prophet, a real prophet. A good prophet who became for some reason or other not a lying prophet. In other words, a person who was under control became a prophet, evidenced these superior qualities, and then somehow was turned around, became a non-prophet, a non-acceptable prophet. So it may be that when Bilam was chosen to be a prophet, he was chosen based on achievement, based on worthiness, based on the fact that he was chosen by God. You all know the the Medrash that says that the Goyim came to God and said, if we had a we had a prophet. Like Moshe Rabbeinu, we would also be, we'd be okay. So Tarek gave them Bilam. And Bilam, according to Zazal, was a prophet like Moshe Rabbeinu. I mean, in some manner or other. So again, it's the notion of Nevi Sheker, which helps us to understand Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm sorry, helps us understand Bilam. Bilam was a prophet and he was chosen to be the prophet to the Goyim because of some reason. But he was able to be chosen because in his nature, just as in the nature of all the created beings, Adam and Chava, children of Adam and Chava, are all able are all able to become prophets. So Rav Chaim Salavechik said, he said one word according to the story that I heard. He said, it's Teva. How was it that Bilam could be a prophet when he was a bad guy? Teva. What does Teva mean? His nature. The nature of Bilam was derived from his ancestry all the way to Adam and Chava. Adam and Chava produced offspring that had this potential in them. But of course they would have to work hard to get to that potential and maybe Bilam did. We don't know that part of the story. Maybe Bilam worked hard and became a prophet of the Goyim. Prophet of the Goyim. And that was the answer that I wanted to share with you. I appreciate the fact that some of you are still listening. 
I am uh, trying to recover from what I thought was a serious operation. Now it all uh, just left me with a lot of pain. And so I will uh, thank you. I wish you well. Have a good Shabbos. See you next week. Thank you, Rabbi. All the best.